Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another very, very angry episode of Blue and Gold Make <laughs> Darlene. I guess. I don't even care at this point. I'm Brendan. I'm hopeless. I'm nothing. And I'm sick of coming up with names to say for this. I don't even think it's that even that good of a bit anymore. Nope. Well, <laughs> I liked it, but at this point, how could you have any faith in humanity or the world when you are a fan of just probably like aside from like the new york knicks like the biggest embarrassment in professional sports it's terrible it's so bad i've thought about before what it must be like to be one of those like generations long uh no success fans not even like title drought because that's whatever you could still be good and have fun Mm -hmm. but like what it would be like to be a detroit lions fan who if you if you are 62 years old right now have seen one playoff win in your lifetime and if you're like 75 or whatever you might only remember one playoff win it's just a whole life of nothing. Do you know what's really or, sad to think yeah. about, though? That the past decade, the Detroit Lions have been better than the Buffalo Sabres have? Yeah. <sighs> yeah how, have, how? They've made the playoffs. What is time. wrong with they've us? Made, they've played three playoff games since the the Bills, or since the Sabres have played one. God, I guess you could say they've been better than the Bills, too. Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right, everybody. Yeah, okay. You know what? We're just yeah. going to get into it right now yeah. because we lost yet last night against the Avalanche. Tuesday night. You'll be listening to this on Thursday. We so had two to say nights this ago. Eventually, we're starting Alliance podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to go along with our new Colorado Avalanche podcast that we yes. decided we were going to start. No, it's, all right. So Tuesday night, Avalanche came to town. I was there, and I can't believe this, but in spite of everything, I've been a, my dad has been a Sabre season ticket holder uh, pretty much like almost my entire life. I have been going to at least 10 plus game, 10 to 15 games a season for years, as far back as I can remember, through the tank years, through 06, 07, all the highs and the lows. Last night was the earliest I have ever left for a, from a Sabres game in my life. What time did you leave? After the second period. Wow. I, I can't believe it. I never do that. That's the first time I've ever not stayed for the third period. Jeez. And I've been there for some barn burners. And you know what? My dad is kind of like the same way. My dad's a, for being a dad, he's a pretty, uh, like, woke Sabres fan. Like, he gets it. Like, he's, like, you know, he's not like, oh, we need more Gergensons out there. Like, he, he understands. But my dad yesterday, same thing. He's like, let's get the hell out of here. I Like, I literally just did not want to be there. It was making me just physically so infuriatingly mad what having to sit there and spend money and pay eight dollars for a pretzel to watch carter hutton be fucking terrible he's so bad and so they they lose six to one it was awful it was terrible and we could talk about the game a little bit but i want every row that's happening it's horrible it's just every time it's the avalanche who are very good and probably a cup contender this year, have just for like three years now just been kicking the Sabres' ass. Just ruthlessly. Yeah. So you know what we're going to do today? That is their second straight year they have a 6-1 loss at home to the Avalanche. Yep. How is that possible? I don't know because we're terrible, because we're the Sabres. Whatever. Yeah. We could get into the game in a minute if we want to, but I'm just putting it out here now. Mm. This is going to be another rage episode, everybody, and the focus of our rage, we have finally, not finally, I feel like we've been building towards this, but I'm at the breaking point Jason Botterill needs to be fired yesterday. He needs to be gone. I'm done. 
No more waiting. I don't trust him to do anything this offseason with the, the, the Reinhardt negotiations. Uh, you know, with all the cap space that we're going to have this upcoming season, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him that he's going to be able to get Carter Hutton out of the, off of this roster. I don't trust him that he's going to know how to handle the whole situation with Lena Solmark. I don't trust him that we're not going to have those two being our only fucking goalies next year. I don't trust him that he's going to be able to get the Darlene deal done and make it a good deal. I do not trust him at all. I'm done. That I'm done, like, done, done. It's sort of like a Dr. Seuss type thing. Okay, so we've talked about, and you touched on Carter Hutton there. We've talked about Carter Hutton and the fact that he should probably not play another game this year, like six times Ever. now. So we've, we've talked about this so many times. So I'll just give a quick update. Let's just change our now. name instead of Blue and Gold Make Darlene, just be like the Broken Fucking Record podcast. I know, we do keep saying the same shit. Well, we do, we're, but we're like it gets stuff coming up. repeatedly. I know, but we, this Let's is, start doing but, fun episodes and just not even talking about what like is going on with the current state of the team. We will have a drunk episode coming up at some point. Yeah, we actually have been talking about that. So if you really want to get us unhinged, that is going to be the one. Yeah, sometime in the next month or so. Anyways. So anyway, the, the, the Carter Hutton issue we said i don't know two months ago like this guy is getting shelled every time it's in the on the ice you can't play him and their solution was to just play linus elmark who would been every single oh, game okay but like very much not a workhorse in the nhl type guy they just played him and now he's hurt and guess what it's like oh no, who we have now you have hutton and behind door two basically was Jonas johansson who we've talked about that too he may or may not be an nhl prospect you sure as shit can't rely on him no. to be a good nhl goalie right now so you're punting on the year when you didn't get a goalie right there or try anything else including hammond which is fine because at that point you were probably done i guess but now they're still playing hutton and i will say this he started the year six and oh started the year six and oh okay that's that seems impossible now because he just got his seventh win on Saturday. He was stopping uh, 94.3% of his shots. We had 943 save percentage. Since then, he's won 9 and 4 and played uh, heavy minutes and another loss and has an 869 save percentage across 15 games. 869. The only time you see an 869 save percentage on a goalie in NHL is a guy that's played like four games and the team had to be like, well, we can't play him anymore. Mm hmm. You don't see 869 across a full season. Not after 1995. Nope. I would say. Yeah, maybe in the, you know in a higher scoring era, but like not now. Not not even with scoring going up. He's 51st of 54 of qualified goalies in save percentage. That, ter- that's terrible. That's with his start. That's with his really good six mm-hmm. games to start the year, and that's with two recently decent games that he had. But even with that solid start, he's 51st of 54. 869 would put him last by a mile, especially guys who played 15 games and 21 overall, or I think 22 total games overall. Now, at the same time, and as we've noted, Bottrell's moves in season this year have amounted to trading Marco Scandella, who was doing fine, but there was too many defensemen, for a draft pick, and then using that draft pick to get Michael Froelich... So how's Michael for a league? Thank God. He has one goal, one assist for two points in 10 games. Now, during that time, they saw their uh, second leading goal scorer at the time, I think he's been passed since, Victor Olofsson go down to a long-term injury. They saw Jeff What did they do? Nothing. Thank you. They saw Jeff Skinner get hurt. What did they do? Nothing. Not just that, in his last 15 games, Jeff Skinner has zero goals. They watched Marcus Johansson score... Two goals in 37 games and zero in his last 12. Nothing. Shiri, zero in his last 10. So to recap, though, you have Johansson, 
0 of 12, Skinner 0 and 15, Shiri 0 and 10. Shiri also has two in his last 22 games. VC, two goals and two assists in his last 19 games, and it isn't his worst 19 game stretch of the year. <laughs> Rasmus Asplund, one goal and two assists for three points in 29 oh, games. Christ. So he has as many points this year as Mark Pezik did the other night. And by the way, he was the big prize. In the Pezik trade. I don't know if you know that. Yep. Don't worry about how bad Kulikov was in his one year he was under contract. We have Rasmus Asplund coming, our 14th fourth liner. And on top of that, Evan Rodriguez has played 31 games this year, six points. And he's, I'm going to put the biggest air quotes in the world around this, was heating up a little, a little while ago after he finally got, I mean, and he's not playing anymore, really. For all intents and purposes, he's not exactly 100% right, on the team right, anymore. Right, right, right. But still, when he was, that was a huge disaster for almost the entire year. And this is a guy that they chose to give $2 million to in the offseason and then scratched in favor of Vladimir Sabaka to start the year. I don't even want to get into his numbers. So that what that amounts to is Bottrell's third year. His first year, they went from 78 points to 62, which I think we understood because that 2016-17 team was – Relying on a couple of things they couldn't rely on, like Robin Leonard's mental health yeah. and the power play being first in the league. The next year, they they have a ten game win streak. You want to hear something hilarious yes. though? They went from seventy eight points in twenty sixteen seventeen to to sixty two in twenty seventeen eighteen. You'd think that it would be like a big jump in the standings for that, like a big fall in the standings. They were fifteenth in the East when they had seventy eight, and they were sixteenth when they had the sixty two. No, no surprise there. There's a big, like, oh there's, my god, we got 78 points. And that, like, you were still second last in your conference. Yep. So, last year, they collapsed uh, after what was, you know, uh, basically a 10-game win streak and an okay start. They collapsed and after that were basically the worst team in the league. They were right there with Ottawa for being one of the worst yep. teams in the league. And then, this year, they start 9-2-1. Nine two and one. And what did Botterill do? Nothing. Thank you. Nothing. Knowing that they were in position to potentially make the playoffs after a start like that, and knowing that the team needed upgrades in certain areas, nothing. Instead, they've gone since then, fourteen twenty one and six, <laughs> which over a full uh... season amount to sixty eight points. Sixty eight you know points. Do you know how many teams? <laughs> you know how many teams are lower than that? What two? Yep. Detroit and L.A. Good God. That's it. That's it. That's that's all of them. They would be the third worst team in the league Good. if they played at that pace all year. And Good but That's God. been more. That's been about two-thirds of the – that's half a season. That's a half-season pace they're on right now. Ottawa might pass them, honestly. That's another thing I was going to bring up. When they lost to Ottawa coming out of the, the break – Ottawa's only six points behind us right now. I was – Six. Surprised. Ottawa has like – And their starting goalies hurt. Yes. It has been. Anders Nielsen has been on the injured reserve for like – over a month, yeah. and Ottawa is six points back. And you know who's right behind them? Only seven points back? Ooh. New Jersey. Yeah. We are seven points ahead of New Jersey and, and I would six say ahead of Ottawa. New Jersey is also having a goaltending crisis, also traded their best player, and is universally considered to be having an, an awful year, a really disastrous year. But now the Sabres have to be too. You have to consider them that, that way. I mean, there's there's no real way. Around. Ottawa is closer to us than we are to Toronto. Just like let that sink in. And Toronto's not even in a playoff oh, yeah. spot. It, Toronto is not in a playoff spot, and Ottawa is closer to us than we are to them. Yeah, it's, it, this is a disaster. I mean, 
I think for the rest of the year, if you're not looking for, and I'm not looking to tank or finish as bad as possible, if you're looking for a strong finish, you're looking to hold off Ottawa, not catch anyone. You want to be realistic for yourself? Eichel playing as well as he is and being healthy? Olafson's uh, still undetermined. It's... Dalene is hurt now. Skinner playing like he's hurt. You Your goal is to hold off Ottawa at this point, which is... Fucking pathetic, that's it's, what it's it is. It's unbelievable. Ottawa did not have a, a first-round pick last year because of a terrible trade they made. They got rid of every player who was decent on their team. And where are they now? Almost in the same place as the Sabres are. They only have one fewer or one more regulation loss than we do. Ottawa has 24 regulation losses, and we have 23. As does New Jersey. They just have more OT losses than we do. Great. Uh, and that just that's it. That's Jack Eichel's contribution. He scores on... I mean, it's not his only contribution, but he scores in overtime. So you don't lose as much in overtime. You don't have to get to the shootout or whatever and have a coin flip decided. It is it is amazing to me that we are going to be in the third year of Botterill's tenure. We are and, in the third year. Or, that we are. That we're going to be concluding the third year of his tenure. And in those three years that he has been here, he will not have more points than the GM who was here before him, who I will add was here for, will probably have been here for a short amount of time than he has. You think so? I, I, I kind of doubt it. You think he's going to, do you think he's actually going to get fired? Botro? Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, he'll have a fourth year to pass Murray anyway. Murray had three and a half years, so... Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm saying. If, if Botterill might stick around for a fourth year, and if that is the case... Then, yeah, that, that's definitely on the table. I don't see any reason... That's what I'm there's saying. There's no reasonable reason... But either way, through, through three years, through three complete seasons, if you... I know it takes time to build a team, but if you, after three years, cannot put together a better record than the GM before you, who was fired for you to hire, go. You're done. Yep. That's embarrassing. You have three seasons to put this together. There's literally no excuse for this. There's none. You want to get real sad? Let's go back to 2012, 2013 right now, which is really when we just started to be like total bottom feeders. Our conference rank that year was 12th. That's then when it goes 15 in the conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, 16th in the East. 16th in the East. 14th. 15th, 16th, 13th. And you... Where is Terry Pagula? How in the no one knows. fucking Grandpa's world... Grandpa's lost again. Dude, someone put out a silver alert. But really, like, how... It is mind-boggling to me that after the week that this franchise had last week, everything that went on, that they still did not address it. Nobody addressed it. Botterill was on Chopin the Bulldog yesterday, rightfully so, got ripped for it, had probably the worst interview, I ended up listening after, probably the worst interview I've heard of his since he has been general manager, he's usually very terrible. How have we not heard from the owner of the team when it is a tailspin right now, and has been a tailspin, this last week, you are, you're just terrible if you cannot face the music and actually like 
do something. Show some sign of life that you're alive when, you know, the whole reason why everybody's blown up is because of the fact that you act like this team doesn't even fucking exist. And you can't even, yeah, no. you can't do something, you can't do anything, you can't do some kind of uh, media availability or something. No, you can't. You know why? Because Terry is a fucking coward. He's a coward. He's down there in Florida right now doing his thing, not worrying about anything. And he just doesn't, he honestly doesn't care. And you know what? If he did care, then he has a funny way of showing it. Beyond that, going back to your points before and when I kept asking him, what did Botterill do? Nothing, nothing, nothing. The problem, what drives me up the fucking wall about all of this stuff is that it's not like that. Pe- there's not players out there who are available for you right now. You need goaltending help. The Rangers literally have three solid goalies, two of which they're not going to trade, but you're going to tell me that you don't even want to try and go get Alexander Georgiev from them? He is a, he's, he's definitely better than Allmark is, I'll say that much for sure. He's miles and miles ahead better uh, than, than Carter Hutton. Why don't you go try and do something to get him? Why aren't you, at the very least, like if you thought you had a chance to compete when when Allmark went down, why aren't you calling Chicago about Corey Crawford, who hasn't been great, but he's been better than he was last year? You know, why? It just, it, you have the moves that you can make here. You know, you need help for scoring. Okay, uh, you know, you need help for scoring. Okay, Tyler Toffoli. Michael Granlin is having it down here. Why not try and take a flyer on one of those guys who are probably not going to cost you a no, whole heck of a lot? No, take a flyer on Michael Frolik. Yeah, let's, like, let's do Michael Frolik. It has never been a good score. Yep. And is a definite bottom six guy at yeah. this point. And that's... that's why it. would we go after a... Why a, would you just hold on to your fucking draft pick at that point? Right, exactly. Or Scandella. Who is doing the team more good? No, I, I, mean, I you agree. You had too many defensemen. Fine. And Yoki Haru hasn't cut, looked good for that matter until you got rid of and since you got rid of Scandella, he hasn't looked as good. I mean, he's still their That's second best defenseman. But like, but, think about it. You have, you man, have so many. You have Kasperi Kapanen. I know making a deal with the Leafs isn't ideal, but like that's out there. You have Thomas Tatar from the Canadians out there. You know, uh, it, it's it's you you have a former top four overall pick in Jesse Poyarvi. See what you could get for him. Do something. Like show some sign of life here. It is, you know, I, I was tweeting about this earlier today, and I feel like I mention it every time on here, but, like, what the hell are we paying Jason Botterill for? For him to throw his hands up in the air, shrug his shoulders, and say, oh, my job's too hard. I couldn't make it happen. Are you kidding me? Your job is to go out and find talent. Your job is to go out and find GMs who undervalue their own talent and overvalue your talent and make a move. Yeah. You cannot tell me that there's nothing out there. Oh, the market, the market. D- you know, Darren Dreger, Elliot Friedman, like saying, oh, the market's not really there right now. And he blah, blah, blah. Fuck that, dude. I'm so over it. You make the market. Like, you make it happen. You make yeah. a move and you get things rolling. But he I- just sits on his hands and he has excuses. And with that being said, I don't trust him to do anything. Anything at all. No. What is he going to do that's going to make this team better in the offseason? Do you trust him handing out UFA contracts to people? I sure as hell don't. Do you trust that he's not going to just continue to bring back, you know, all of the exact same team than la- from last year except for, like, one? No. He'll probably do it again. He's horrible. I don't, I don't trust him to do anything for a long time. And people who listened to us earlier in the season, people who listened to us during, like, our Rick's Mavuse days – you, I have always been 
given him I've, I've given him the benefit of the doubt i've always said that you know when we did the murray versus botterell episode i complimented him on some of the moves that he made for like just trying to take flyers on guys but in reality like that's the bar that's how low it is that like oh man well you know what like trading connor sheary for a or for connor sheary for a conditional third or fourth like that's a pretty savvy are you kidding me you like that that's what we have to compliment what has he done besides skinner nothing he botched the O'Reilly trade. Our owner's a f- cheap bastard and wouldn't pay a bonus that would have gotten the return significantly better. So I don't want to hear from Terry Pagula, from his kids, from Kim Pagula, for anybody that they care more than we do when you could have done something that would have maximized the return on a top-level elite player, but you were too fucking cheap to do something about it. True. I don't care. It's done. It's over. I'm done with him. Get him out of here. I'm done. I can't even handle it anymore. So some games. With that being said, everybody, let's take a quick break for an ad for my bookie. We'll be right back after this short break. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey. From the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie is the best payouts and better odds than any other sportsbook. And we wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. You can risk a little or a lot in as many games as you want. So there are daily gifts, there's free plays, there's free spins, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 in free money to play with because math. Deposit $200, you get an extra $100. Yeah, you get it. So just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And we're back. Yeah, so we have some games coming up that we're going to get mad about in the future. Uh... Probably today when you're listening to this, Thursday, the Sabres will be playing the Red Wings. Friday, we had, you know, the Rangers. And Sunday, Ducks, Sabres in the afternoon at 3 o'clock. So, you should win all three of those games. Yeah, whatever. I'm not even going to They won't. Them. They won't. Anyways, though, let's move, yeah. move on. So one, I, one thing is interesting there that I think should be, like, the biggest NHL story right now is the Red Wings are one of the worst non-expansion teams ever. They're unbelievably bad. I think they've won five of their last 34 games at this point. They have 28 points. They would need to be almost a point-a-game team for the rest of the year to be as good as the 2014-15 Sabres. Yikes. <laughs> so they're terrible is an easy way to put that. Uh, but that's very weird. That's a weird thing because uh, for most of our lifetime, they haven't been bad. They've actually been very good. In fact, most of the time they were incredible. They have a we negative kids. 96 goal differential. Yes. So that they're, is they're, it, it, we, double yeah. the next worst oh, team. Yeah. We, we brought this up on the last quiz we had that in 95-96 they had 131 points. They led the entire league in points by 27. <laughs> they made the playoffs 25 or 26 years in a row. They made the conference final probably almost double-digit times in my lifetime. They were a threat to win the Stanley Cup every year from probably 1995, 94-95, till like 2010. 2011 maybe, the 2010-11 season. They were a second round, mm-hmm. seven game team. 
And they continue to make the playoffs all the way through 2016. And now they're really bad. And we're playing them again. <laughs> really better win. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing. They have a lot of guys in their team you've heard of. And they all stink now. Lots of Mike Greens, Justin Ablicators, Darren Helms. Jonathan Bernier. Franz Nielsen. Jimmy Howard. Yeah. Terrible. Jimmy Howard's basically Carter Hutton. Yeah. So, you know, in, in honor of looking back to one of their to their heyday, not their best team. 95-96 is their best team. But the team that had the best collection of, imp- I'd say, impressive career guys. Okay. That's a weird way to put this. So the 0-2 Red Wings. They're not necessarily better overall in the way they played in the playoffs in the regular season than the 97-98 teams. The team that won, got 131 points and lost in the conference final. But they were the bridge. Those 90s teams were really good, mostly homegrown, but like some savvy trades and stuff like that, and had their own style. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it was this European style brought through the NHL and was revolutionary. The 2000 Red Wings are more remembered for just getting other teams' best player, who was like 34, <laughs> right. while, while also having Datsuk and Zetterberg. Yeah. This is a real combination of those. Okay, so what are we doing? This 2000- the, the 2002 Red Wings. Am I just naming guys? No, you're not naming. Well, you're naming not guys. They had their top eight scorers were Hall of Famers. Okay. Their goalie was a Hall of Famer. There's another Hall of Famer in the organization. There might be a future Hall of Famer. Who are these guys? Okay, goalie Dominic Hasek. Yes. Uh, players Steve Yzerman. Yes, he was their uh, sixth leading scorer. Sergey Fedorov. Second leading scorer. Okay. Uh, Brendan Shanahan. Leading scorer. Um, Nicholas Lidstrom. Their fourth leading scorer and Conn Smythe winner. Okay. Uh, so what, I only have four more guys? Yes. Four more of the top eight scorers. Uh, early Red Wings. Um, O2? Some Datsuk wouldn't be there yet. You got one of the answers. It wasn't one of the top eight scorers. Their ninth leading scorer is Datsuk. Oh, is Datsuk? He's not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yes. That's yeah, the future yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, all of these guys are Hall of Famers? Yeah. Damn. All right. That hurts because I was going to guess like Thomas Holmstrom or something like that. but On the team, not a Hall of Famer. God. Uh, can I get any clues at all? All right. Let's start with... Chris Chelios? Yes. Okay. That was going to be the first one. Long time. He's the only guy you can say long time for three teams. Long time, uh, Blackhawk, Canadian, and Red Right, Man. right. Uh, yes, he's the eighth leading scorer. Okay, three more. Uh, yes. What are what's the positional breakdown? All forwards, um, and all great scorers. One of these guys is one of the all-time leading goal scorers. Played very not long for the Red Wings. Who else did he play with? He played for St. Louis. He played for. Is da- it Brett Hall? Dallas. Brett Hall. Yeah. yeah. Brett Hall was their third leading scorer. Right, 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 right. I forgot he was there for a little bit. Two more guys. One of these guys, I think, is partially a Hall of Famer because of his international contributions. And I'm going to put this up without giving it away. Where is he from? The USSR. Oh, boy. Um, Slava Kozlov, of course. No, I'm just joking. Um, I think he actually was on that Red Wings team. No, though, he got traded for Hashim. Oh, yeah, you're right. What am I saying? Um, any other hints? He... Did he play with anyone else besides he the Red Wings? He played for Vancouver. 
I could give you his breakdown more. He uh, he was a little bit older by this time too. Oh boy. Um, I'll tell you what. This other guy that's on here, the fifth leading scorer. Yeah. Great King. Luke Robitaille. Oh yeah. my God! Of course. How did I? Okay, so only is he is this the last one then? Last guy. Let me give you the breakdown of where God, he played. I can't believe I didn't think of Luke Robitaille. He's another one that, like, I forget that he had a stint with them. It's this guy, so... Wow, what this, a team this was. Holy shit. This guy, this last guy, came over when he was 29 and played till he was 43. Good lord. Yeah, he played for the USSR for a while. Uh, when they were good. When Do I know who this is? You will, I think. He played for Vancouver, San Jose. He played a good long time for Detroit, right through their really good era. He was part of their, you know, their... Russian father, what did they call him? Yeah, no. Uh, Whatever they were called. Yeah. And then he got eventually got traded to Florida. He came back to Detroit and then ended in New Jersey, which I didn't know. Wait, what year did he retire? 04. I totally know who this is, too. I know, like, that track, for whatever reason, when you said going from, what was, who was between, it was Vancouver to Detroit to Florida and then Vancou- back. No, Vancouver to San Jose. To San Jose. To Detroit to Florida to Detroit again to New Jersey. Oh man, I gotta know who this is. This this just sounds so familiar. Um, Jesus, was he a uh, center or a winger? Center. He was drafted at age twenty five for some reason. I think it's probably because people didn't know who he was because he lived in the USSR. And what year did he come over? Came over in 1989. Who did he play the majority of his career with? Uh, the most with Detroit. I mean, he played with Detroit from 95 through 01, got traded in 01, came back for the 01-02 season. Or, sorry, I, I'm not this wrong. No, it, or, he either... He left Detroit, and it looks like he might have... Signed with Florida and got traded back to Detroit in 01. Either way, he just didn't in Florida in between. I don't remember exactly remember this because it was 2000, 2001. Oh, God. Um. You want a different thing? Sure. The other Hall of Famer in the organization. You mean like the coach, Scotty Bowman? Scotty Bowman. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take ten for eleven. Who is it? Igor Larionov. Oh, okay. He, I would not have gotten him, but I do. I know him. I, I just wouldn't have guessed him. Also, quickly, let's name some guys. These guys also played for this team in some capacity. Darren McCarty. Yes. Uh, you already said another one, Thomas. Thomas Holmstrom. God, who else would be on that team? I'll name some guys for Osgood, you. right? Osgood no. would have been the backup. Manny Legacy Manny was Legacy. he the backup then? Okay, yeah, that's between Osgood stints. Right, right, right. Chris Draper. Chris Draper, of course. Kirk Maltby. Yep. Yuri Fisher. Mm-hmm. Sean Avery. Oh yeah. Yui Krupp. Yui Krupp. Wow, I forgot about that. How oh about that? God. How many guys? Look at this. No, they so, got they have some guys. Who else is? Do you have any other names on no, there? Those are the those names. Ones? Those are the names yeah. I heard of. But that's almost like the whole team. Wow, I mean, Sean Avery man. barely played for him. But like, look at that. Eight Hall of Fames. You're in all eight Hall of Fame skaters. You're about to have a ninth one. That's amazing. That so is like, literally conceivably, amazing. you have a Hall of Fame, let's say Lidstrom on one pairing, Chelios on the next. And then you have spread across lines like 
Shanahan, Fedorov, Hall, Robitaille, Iserman, Larionov, Dotsuk. Wow. And then Dotsuk was even, you know, barely a guy at that point. And then obviously with Zetterberg coming. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, let's see. I have this up here at Jason Williams. Wow, that's a throwback name there. Um, Matthew Dandino. Wow, that's a name. Wow. Remember the times when they were better? What a throwback. Good Lord. Wow, this is... What a team. Oh, my God. You know what's crazy, too, is that this team, they they weren't scoring that much in the regular season. No, but it was really spread out. And it's also, it was. That's it, the deadest of the dead puck era. Yeah, no, it was. Shanahan led him with 75, Fedorov 68, Hall 63. I think they might have actually rolled lines. Robitaille. You only had Stevie Eiserman for for uh, 52 games, but he put up 48 points, so he probably would have led them in scoring had he played a full season. Uh, wow, this is... Yeah, this team is... Good Lord, I man. think they ended up... I looked at this... Tatsuk I, was 23... On this team. Oh, my God. I think they were, like, had, like, the least goals allowed and, like, scored the third most or something. Something like that. Like, they were... You want to hear an absurd stat? Igor Larionov scored 11 goals on 50 shots and shot 22% in 70 games. Wow. Playing 14 and a half per... That's actually pretty crazy. Wow, only fifty shots. That's a, that's that is surprising. Granted, he was forty-one at the time, but still, damn, yeah. these dudes are old. Wow. Holy Jesus, so so old. And that Hashik just putting up a two seventeen goals against average at thirty-seven years old, unbelievable. I mean, my God, man. In the playoffs, Hashik put up a 920 save percentage and a 186 goals against. In the playoffs, as a 37-year-old. Jesus Christ. Oh, good Lord. All right, everybody. Well, I think that just about does it for us. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network um, online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. And check us out at Blue and Goldcast on Twitter. Time to end things with our, our obscure Sabres player of the episode, which we are going to share with you now in three, two, one. Dan Scotty Bowman. Pie.